Today is Wednesday, October 13th, 2021. Welcome into Dirt Tracker Daily. I'm Justin Fiedler. Coming up, we're talking last night's Flow Racing Late Model Show at 411 Motor Speedway. Plus, I have some thoughts on Nick Hoffman in a late model, purses and car counts, and there are new episodes of Dirt Racing Podcasts and today's streaming schedule. Before we get going, if you'd like a free and easy way to support what I'm doing, you could subscribe and follow the show and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you watch or listen. You can also follow at Dirt Tracker on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and DirtTracker.com is home to a bunch of cool dirt racing content. Now, let's do this. The bad luck with the weather finally abated a little last night with the Flow Racing Night in America late models, and they were able to get the show in at 411 Motor Speedway in Tennessee after a season of tough luck. With $20,000 on the line, I was a little surprised they only had 26 cars in attendance. I get it was a midweek show, and there are obviously ongoing parts and tire shortages, uh, but that's a tough deal to only get 26 cars with that much money being paid out. As for the championship battle, Jonathan Davenport took a big step towards securing the title with only two nights left now in 2021. Kyle Larson got behind early in qualifying, timing in just 15th quick, and then he was really up against it when he failed to qualify for the feature through his heat race. Larson was then forced into the B main, where he finished second, which lined him up 20th for the feature. In the 50-lap main event, the Rumley 6 was able to move forward, ultimately ending up 7th. That was a nice run, 20th to 7th. But with Davenport going 12th to 2nd, Larson then lost ground to the 49 in the standings. Out front in the race, it was all Jimmy Owens. He started on the outside pole and led all 50 laps en route to the victory, not far from his shop. As I said, JD finished second, pole sitter Nick Hoffman was third, Brandon Overton finished fourth, and Corey Hedgecock was fifth. If you're a Hunt the Front fan, Joseph Joyner started 18th and finished 17th. With just Volunteer Speedway and Tri-County Racetrack left, Superman's points lead is now 96 over Young Money. That's certainly going to be tough for Larson to try to run him down now with only two races left. If you missed any of last night's action, replays are available over on Flow. The series is back in action next week at Volunteer Speedway. I continue to be impressed this season with how Nick Hoffman has performed in his limited late model starts. Since getting the opportunity to fill in for Scott Bloomquist, he's really taken advantage of the seat time and put together some very solid races. We know he's one of the best in the business when it comes to building and driving modifieds, especially of the UMP type. But I do hope we get to see him more often in a late model going forward. Last night at 4.11 against a pretty stout group of drivers, he went quick time, won his heat race, and finished third in the feature after starting on the pole. There's no doubt he has the ability to compete at the highest level, and he continues to show that. He's also grabbed multiple top fives and top tens in national competition this season with the Outlaws and Lucas. And he's been strong in some of the big events, like most recently at the Double Worlds, where he ended up making both features. With the recent departure of Cody Summer from SBR, I think there are probably still some question marks about the future of Scott Bloomquist Racing and Team Zero. But even if Hoffman doesn't get more races with that team, I'd hope somebody else would give him a shot. I definitely think he's uh, on his way to being one of the top guys in dirt late model racing, if that's what he wants. Back to the issue of car count last night. This is something like I feel uh, I feel like we keep hearing more and more about. A big money show takes place and the cars just don't show up. And the reasoning we often hear is that the smaller teams don't want to attend because they don't think they can make the feature or run towards the front to actually make some of that extra money. It's not worth it to them to try and take on the powerhouse national teams so they stay home or race in smaller local and regional shows. 
That in turn then leads to owners and teams wanting the purses to then not be so top-heavy and instead pay more money down the field. That idea being that if it paid more to run the B main or to start the feature or run towards the back, more cars would show up. It's an interesting thought experiment, I think, because every track and series uses those two win amounts as a marketing tool. You see, come see the best drivers race for $50,000. You know, those two win amounts are splashed all over marketing materials, promotion posters, things like that. It's a lot less exciting to say, come see the best race for $20,000 and $3,000 to start. It obviously helps the smaller guy to make that money further down the field, but I think most fans don't really care what 24th place pays in a regional super late model race. I think it also goes against the basic idea of competition, which is what, at the end of the day, this all is. If you want more prize money, get faster and finish better. If you want to be the man, like they say, you got to beat the man. Purses and payouts are a constant topic of conversation and dirt racing, kind of like track preparation. Everyone has an opinion, but these are very complicated and nuanced situations. If it was easy to figure out, it would have already been done and everybody wouldn't be talking about it. All you hear is pay more to win, pay more to start, pay a better points fund. The economics of these tracks and series dictate what's possible for purses and a balance needs to be struck between two win amounts and payouts further down the field, while also still being able to use them as a way to draw both competitors and fans to the racetrack. Keep in mind here, nobody is getting rich in motorsports, not the tracks, not the series, not the teams. The margins are razor thin across the board, if there are even margins at all. Things are obviously a little more difficult this season, like I mentioned before, with the tires and part shortages when it comes to car counts, but this problem isn't unique to 2021. In this same vein, it's like when people want to know why a track can pay a few grand to win a 410 sprint car show, and the answer is because teams show up. If cars would stop attending races with those smaller payouts, they would quit happening. It's hard to blame the tracks for smaller purses when they continue to be rewarded for offering them. Drop me a comment below. Let me know your thoughts and feelings about the purses and the payouts. Are these things you even care about? And when you want to attend a race or watch a live stream, are you concerned with what 17th place is going to make in that race? Let me know what you uh, think and feel in the comments or on social media. Uh, if you want to check out some of the other dirt racing shows this week in terms of podcast, Wing Nation has Craig Delansky, Spencer Baston, and Cole Macedo. Open Red has Matt Williamson. Loud Pedal has Robbie Rice and Ronnie Gardner. Stick Signals has Jack Laner. Passing Points has Kelly Westfall. And there are new episodes of Dirt Reporters, Dirt Nerds, Wednesdays with Wayne, and the Midwest Autosports Podcast. To see the, all the shows and recent episodes, hit up at dirttracker.com slash podcasts. If there's anything you know of that's missing on that page, that's a dirt racing show that I don't have, certainly drop me a message. Let me know. You can uh, message me on social media, either on my personal account, the Dirt Tracker accounts, or you can email info at dirttracker.com. I'd like to, uh, those pages to be as complete as possible. There are also three shows on the streaming schedule today. Dirt Vision has micros from Millbridge Speedway. Speedsport has the IMCA Stock Car World Championship from Batesville. And there is Flow Racing 24-7. To see the full daily streaming schedule with links to watch, visit dirttracker.com slash watch tonight. A quick note before we shut it down. I said earlier in the week that the World of Outlaws sprint cars were back in action this Friday. That was a mistake. I misread it. The series is off until October 22nd at Lakeside. So no outlaw racing this weekend. We'll see them back the following weekend. I just want to make sure I corrected that. That's it for the show today. Hope everybody has a good Wednesday. If you have thoughts about the topics on today's show, please leave them in the comments below or tweet at me. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. We'll see you tomorrow for more Dirt Tracker Daily.